Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Hello, buddies, and welcome to another episode of BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a very special guest, voiceover actor, Mark DiCarlo. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you for stopping on the show and taking some time to chat with us. Of course. What else have I got to do today? <laughs> Who knows, you know, especially in today's world. <laughs> That's so, true. So, buddy, I got to start by asking, what got you into voiceover acting? When I was in high school, my best friend had a brother and sister on stage at Second City on the main stage. I grew up outside Chicago. And we would, we were, you know, 12, 13 years old. So we would sneak in the back way of the theater and watch them do shows and they were just making up funny stuff and people were laughing and they were getting paychecks every week and they didn't have to wake up early. All were the prerequisites for the career that I uh, would uh, knew that I would enjoy. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And once I realized that you could be a comedian and that was a life and that was a career, uh, that's what I started doing. So I, I went through Second City and uh, learned how to improvise and, and spent a lot of time on stage, both in Chicago and here in Los Angeles. And uh, from those experiences, people see you in a club and they call you and say, hey, do you want to do this voice? Do you want to do that voice? And I found that I uh, had a talent for it, I guess. I used to make little radio shows in my basement, just goofing off. So it was always something I was interested in. I was a huge Warner Brothers animation fan when I was a kid. And when I realized that you could do cartoons and make a living i mean who wants to work exactly exactly now speaking of cartoons you were the voice of hugh neutron how did that role come to be i was doing improv here at the um the improv on melrose and a guy came up to me after a show and said hey i'm a producer i have the studio uh i want to make a pilot with you and your group my group was called the frayed knots um so we made a pilot with him, and it was pretty funny. It never never sold, but we became friends. And then that guy was friends with Steve Odenkirk. And when Odenkirk developed uh, Johnny Quasar, which was the original name for Jimmy Neutron, uh, they called me in to read. And instead of going in to read alone, I brought my friend Megan Kavanaugh with me from Second City, and we read together. And we, you know, we we had been on stage at that point. I don't know five or six years together, well, longer than that. So we were good, and they hired us both. Nice. Nice. Yeah. What was your favorite Hugh moment from the show? Like, what was your favorite memory from that show? Um, You know what? The, the That first scene that we auditioned with where, where, where uh, Hugh is saying, you can't play with rockets anymore. Rockets are big boy things, Jimbo, and you're grounded, and he runs out of the room <laughs> <laughs> like an idiot. I just thought that kind of... He looked 
like a typical sitcom dad. Mm -hmm. I wanted his voice to sound sort of like a typical sitcom dad, but he was, I don't think he's an idiot. I think he's just distracted by a lot of noise in his head and a lot of mm -hmm. weird ideas that he, he, he gives equal weight to a crazy idea and a sensible idea. And that's that childlike approach is how Hugh's brain works, which I think is kind of ironic seeing that he has a, uh, you know, a genius kid. Exactly. Exactly. And now you also have a new YouTube show out, Bafo the Bear. Could you tell us you know, about that? You know what? I'm, I'm wearing the shirt right now. Yeah. Um, I've teamed up with one of the preeminent VFX supervisors in Hollywood. This guy does the Avenger movies and Benjamin Button mm. and basically any movie that has special effects in it. Uh, my partner either wrote code for, designed the characters, did something. And he developed a, care, uh, a system where we can do live to air feature quality animation. So during the COVID uh, lockdown, we started doing daily shows on YouTube. We just did a big redesign of the character in the fall, I think. Mm -hmm. And we we uh, premiered it. We did. We were doing live interviews at Comic-Con LA in December of 2021. And we just this month started a live Wednesday night show on YouTube. It's called Bafo the Bear, the Bafo Show. Mm. And we interview people. We take phone calls. And it's all live, all live, live, live on the air. And that's, to my knowledge, there's nobody else doing that kind of comedy show. There's lots of digital characters and digital influencers, but they're typically, and I don't understand why this is the case, they're hot looking humanoid cartoons. Mm -hmm. But the, the they just, hi, how's it going? The performances aren't funny or interesting in my opinion. Now, I realize I may not be the fat part of the bell curve of the audience, but we thought to take truly feature quality animation and pair it with live improvisational comedy where people are calling up a bear and talking to him. Last night, we do a question every week. And last night, the question was Star Wars or Star Trek. So oh. people, people just called in and started talking with Bafo and Bafo, you know, uh, ripped him back. And uh, was we were on for like an hour. Uh, I was about so to say, you, hit a, you must have hit some nerves on that question. We did. Yeah, we did. I, 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 the week before is uh, de describe the metaverse in 25 words or less. Mm. And I personally believe no one understands what the metaverse is at all. Mm -hmm. So to try and get people to condense it into 25 words or less, it was really funny. And um, so what we do is we take, we, we do phone calls for the hour. And then every week we'll take the best three phone calls. We post them up on the YouTube channel Sunday, Saturday morning. People view them, and whichever video has the most views by the following Wednesday, they win a free trip to Cancun. Ooh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, Bafos, that's my main uh, uh, show right now. It's really, um, really, really fun. Uh, we have some television formats that we're out talking to people about, but I think we're kind of building the mothership uh, online, on YouTube, you know, like you're doing, because that's where that's where most people go for everything now, right? No one exactly. watches TV anymore. Exactly. It's much easier to just go on your phone, go on the go on your laptop and just type in Buddy Cash, type in Buffalo the Bear and there it is. Right. Instead right. of waiting instead of waiting at 7:30 for Jimmy Neutron to come back on, you know? Right. Yeah, and people have gotten acclimated to that 
uh, process. So instead of fighting it, we're we're leaning into it and uh, mm -hmm. exploiting the fact that we can do it live. You know, people used to watch that Space Ghost Coast to Coast talk show all the time, and that was that took nine months to make an episode. They would have the conversation audio wise, and then the, you, Hannah Barber would animate the Space Ghost, lay it on top, and then they would release it. We do it live. You know, exactly. we, at uh, Comic-Con, we talked to uh, a lot of big actors, uh, Fred Tatashore and Candy Milo and Phil Lamar and uh, Mo LaMarche, a lot of, lot of really fun people mm -hmm. talking about characters and, and, and uh, you know, what we all love about the business of animation. Nice. So that brings up a follow-up question. You mentioned Comic-Cons. So you do a lot of Comic-Cons nowadays. Mm-hmm. I do. I love them. It's, it's, uh, go ahead. I was about to say, we have a Comic-Con here in Erie, Pennsylvania. So. Where in Erie? What's, what's um, the venue? It's down at the Bayfront Convention Center is what it's called. It's run by Erie Promotions. Very nice okay. people. Highly recommended. There. Yeah, I mean, comic It's that's kind of a cool thing about being in the animation world. The fans are so passionate and so yes. knowledgeable, right? Mm -hmm. People come up to me all the time and go, you remember in episode 42 when you said this and you said a banana and it changed your life? And I'm like, uh, if you say you said that, I will believe you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's great to meet, uh, you know, meet the fans and um, – uh, hear how the show impacted their life. And, um, you know, I got to meet Chuck Jones once. Hmm. And I didn't know what to say. I mean, what do you say? You single-handedly formed my entire sense of comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I've, I've been on both sides of it. So it's, it's um, you know, it's gratifying to hear people that say that Jimmy Neutron was a great show and we loved it. And it was my, my whole growing up, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, it's not, I, I don't, it's not me personally. It's just that whole enterprise really brought a lot of joy and fun to people. So it's uh, a thrill and an honor to be a part of it. And that's, you kind of get, you suck that up big time at these Comic-Cons. Oh, yeah. And you're right. That how many people have come up to you and said, Jimmy Neutron changed my life growing up or gave me that sense because there's all that those different characteristics. But the beauty of a Comic-Con too is this is people's passion. Like you said, they're so passionate about their work. I was just talking this to some about this today to someone saying like these people are just like you and me, you know, they're accountants, they're, you know, they work at, they have a nine to five job. They're all this, but this is their passion outside of it. This is their right. passion. Like they love to go to this. They love to just dress up and they know everything about them. Like they know, like you said, they know more about Hugh Neutron than you do or something. You oh, know? a thousand percent. Because, you know, it's just the, 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 the way that the shows are made, we record the radio plays and then nine months later, the show comes out. So oftentimes, you know, the day that the show premiered, I'd watch it. I'd watch the episode and have no recollection of most of it mm -hmm. because it's so, we've done so much in between. So it was like a revelation to watch it every time it came out. And, and it was, um, I mean, look at that cast. There's some pretty heavy-duty, funny people on that cast. So every day was uh, we'd laugh more than we'd talk. Mm -hmm. by a long shot yes now throwing it back to uh bafo do you have any plans for him that you can let us in on anything like coming up or anything like that you know 
Yes, uh, we recorded a bunch of live interviews at Comic-Con. Uh, the show next week on March 2nd is going to be several of those auditions that are unique, never been seen before uh, with actors that you know and love. Um, uh, you know, he's on Instagram and uh, Twitter and all that stuff. He, We have some television formats that we're out talking to streamers about right now. And ideally, we'd like to have the YouTube be the mothership mm -hmm. and do television and do, do all kinds of things. The, the, the cool thing about the technology and the character and my particular skill set is improvisation. So to do a sitcom, I don't think would be as big of a deal as to do maybe like a game show or, or a, like an HQ trivia live to air kind of thing. Cause I think it's, it's kind of cool for people to be sitting at home on their phone or on their computer talking to a cartoon bear, you know, that's never been possible before in the history of humankind. And now uh, we're doing it at, at visually a really, really high level, which I think extends the fantasy of, oh, geez, it, it really, I'm really talking to a bear. It's not a guy mm -hmm. behind a two-dimensional, you know, uh, cartoon character. Exactly. And it makes for one heck of a story too, because what did you do last night? I talked to a cartoon bear live. Like right. are just gonna look at you like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. If you go, if you go to YouTube and look up Baffo the Bear, you could see the show that we did last night. It was about an hour long. At one point, some guy called in, and the question was Star Wars or Star Trek. And he's like, Well, I've never seen Star Trek, so I'm Star Wars. And I said, well, What do you do for a living? Oh, I want to be a uh, a broadcaster, sports broadcaster. I said, All right, well, do a sports broadcast. Well, I don't, I can't do that on that. So he basically started talking about the hall of fame and we were talking about Barry Bonds and it got into a really weird conversation. So here's some aspiring sportscaster debating the fact, uh, you know, is Barry Bonds a scumbag or not with a cartoon? Mm -hmm. I just, that, to me, that that's just so ridiculous. It's funny. Exactly. But that's what makes comedy, you know, that's right. just that ridiculousness. So, right. And people know it's not scripted, you know, it can't be. So it's no, it's no, a kind no, of a freewheeling no. thing. Yeah, it's definitely improv. It's definitely just on the spot. And that's what makes some of the best comedy. Like, you know, as an aspiring comedian, you know, that's where you get your best material, just chatting with your friends and just coming up with things on the spot rather than... It's what you do. It's what you do, right? It's what you do on the buddy cast. You don't know, you know, you don't know what we're going to talk about or what we're going to say. And that's what like I think... I have, like I have these pre-written questions just so we have a, you know, just so we have the content or whatever. Or we have something to talk about. And we're not doing dead air. Like, so uh, what do you do for a living? You know, <laughs> hey, like what that. did you have for breakfast? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you never know. You're right. You know, there's always follow-up questions. There's always answers. There's always yeah. funny answers. Yeah. You're absolutely and, I, and I think that's in the digital, you know, the digital age and the fact that, you know, if you were born 30 years ago, you wouldn't have had this opportunity no. to do out of your house or a closet or a studio, wherever you happen to be right now, people mm -hmm. with the initiative and the follow through to actually do their own material. There's a passion there that mm -hmm. I don't know that you can replicate any other way. No, not at all. And like you, know? you said, how many, you know, 30 years ago too, how many times can you say you just talked to a cartoon bear online, you know, like, through right. all this stuff. So, but I also so understand. To be at the cutting edge, the cutting edge of cartoon comedy. That's where we are with Baffle. Yes. So, when you develop the characters like Hugh or Baffle, 
you know, what are some elements you throw in? Like when you're giving their descriptions, how do you develop their voices? How do you develop who they are? You know? Uh, well, the first thing I do is read the script. The second thing I do is look at the drawing. And the third thing I do is try and think of a voice that no one else will think of. Mm. Right? Mm. Um, it's It's got to physically fit. Like with, with Bafo, Bafo's 300 pounds and has a big barrel chest and a big belly. So having a, a thin, reedy voice wouldn't fit. It's got to be down here more. And uh, he talks uh, like this. He's got a lot of phlegm because he eats a lot of honey. So the, the 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 texture of the voice and the 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 pitch and the key of it have to match the drawing, and then I try and come at it from a different angle. With Hugh Neutron, I read the script. You know, the star of the show was this genius kid, which was radical in its day. Usually, the nerd was the punchline of the joke, not the hero mm -hmm. of the story. So that was different. And I'm thinking, all right. This kid is a genius. His dad's either going to be a genius nerd like him or something else. So I thought, let's make you as clueless as possible. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they kind of, I guess they like that approach. Nice. Nice. And one more throwing it back to Bafo. Um, I understand there's Bafo merch out there too. Or. There is. You can. Uh, I think you can get to the store from the YouTube page. We have T-shirts. I can't see it, but I'm. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing one of the T-shirts now. We have T-shirts. We have stickers. We have. Um, uh, what else? All kinds of stuff. We have a whole package where you get one of my travel books from the Travel Channel, a T-shirt, stickers for like forty, forty-five bucks, and we give you uh, one of these trips to Cancun as well. So um, nice. Check out. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a hotel I've been to. It's called the Ocean Spa Resort, and mm -hmm. we have uh, they're they're one of the sponsors of our show. Um, so they give us a supply of trips that we can give away to prize winners and people who buy the premium packages. And uh, I haven't traveled out of the country in two years, so mm. I'm itching to get back to Mexico. Yes, absolutely. Now. Do you think you could give us like some freestyle of those voices like Hugh and Bafo, you know, just give us some demonstration of the work? Sure. Uh, Hugh is he's very nasally and it doesn't never finishes a thought. It's like uh, thoughts fly across his mind like butterflies uh, in a meadow and he just chases the shiniest thing. So he'll start talking about pickles and then he'll start really talking to you about power tools because you need a power tool to build a oh there's a monkey i mean that's how i think of yeah. hugh's brain uh add to the max mm -hmm. and um uh bafo is more of a creature of show business he was a stand-up comedian he's had various shows in the past he knows everybody in the show business and uh is very uh, acerbic and is trying to understand the metaverse because that's where the kids today hang out, but I don't think he really does understand it. So the arc of his character online is, I, I'm on the YouTube. Everything is the YouTube or the Facebook or the Twitter. I don't particularly understand it, but I'm there. I don't, I'm in the metaverse, but I don't know how to get out of it. Love it, love it. Okay, buddy, now we're gonna make this an official buddy cast with two more questions for you. The first one is brought to us by our buddy Jonas Kane from Hashtag Positivity. 
He wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? You're someone's buddy. If you get a phone call at 3.25 a.m. and your buddy's like, dude, you need to meet me at the grocery store in 10 minutes. Don't tell anybody. Bring a shovel and a bag of pickles. And if you're really his buddy, you'll go, all right. And you'll exactly. go. <laughs> exactly. Trust him. Trust him not to get you killed and uh, to give you a good adventure. And you know, uh, and then you'll reci he'll reciprocate that to you at some point in the future. You you uh, you you don't question it. You just trust them, no matter how stupid they sound. You just roll with it. That's what buddies do. They just roll. Just roll with it. Mm -hmm. And finally, buddy, we've come to what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question, which is, what is your advice for anybody who wants to go into voiceover acting one day? Uh, do it. Uh, seriously, my advice would be to do it. There are, there's a huge community uh, that I've met through, uh, I have a really active Twitter account at Mark DiCarlo. And I, I am amazed at the quality of animation and voice work of just fans all over the world. And I think, you know, when I was 20, I had to be performing all over town to get noticed physically and someone to grab me physically and say, hey, come into the studio physically and audition for this piece. If you're 20 now, you don't have to do that. You do exactly what you're doing, Nick. You, you start a podcast and you do it and you do it exactly how you want. Now, that means if you have no talent, it will be quickly apparent and you won't get anywhere. But if you do have talent, I mean, because you could love animation and you can love voice work and suck. Mm -hmm. But you try it. And if you just keep failing and failing, eventually you'll either take classes and get better or realize, oh, it's not for you. Mm -hmm. But there's there, there is literally no barrier between you and success with the internet. Uh, Uncle Al, very popular uh, YouTuber, does a bunch of great voices. He does a really good Hugh Neutron voice. I've done a couple collabs with him. Um, he knows great animators where they'll make a model and, and bring it to life, and it looks as good or better as the Neutron show did back in the day. You know, Ricky Berwick is insane. There are a lot of people that I've met through my Twitter that are super talented and super funny, and Hollywood has no idea who they are, but you go to their site, and they've got three, four, five million followers. So who cares what Hollywood thinks? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can make a good living digitally without being worldwide famous. I think what's happened in media is everyone's in their silo, right? You've mm -hmm. got anime and you've got comedy and you've got all kinds of different things. And you can be super famous in this little sliver, but out here, no one's ever heard of you. Exactly. Which uh, may be a little ego bruising. But it doesn't matter. I mean, a hit show on Nickelodeon right now, in the best case scenario, is seen by 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's a hit cartoon. Al's got like 3 million followers. 
Ricky Berwick's got 5 million followers. They think of something in the afternoon, they put it on their digital platforms. Millions of people see it instantaneously. And it's all their, it's their point of view. It's not edited or changed or watered down by a network or something. You know, that can be good or bad both. But if you really have a, a desire to get into that business, do it. You have no excuse. And you know what? If you don't do it, then you didn't really want to do it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just like stand-up comedy. You can, yeah, you can be funny in this area. You could be funny in that area. Like you could be a funny blue comic. You could be a funny kid comic, you know, but you don't know until you do it. You don't know until you get on stage and say like, you know, this joke sounds hilarious to me. No one else finds it funny or, yeah, this is just another write-off joke. Like this is just a space where you try it and you get a room laugh, you know? It's all about yeah. just taking a shot, taking that chance, taking that one leap of faith and going, I'm going to do it. And that's how BuddyCast was created, you know, following a dream. I want to talk to people about what makes them unique, like their careers, hobbies, talents. Just got to do it. Look where it leads me. I never thought I'd right. be talking to the voice of Hugh Neutron one day, you know. Never thought I would <laughs> well, be. Sure you've, you're monetizing mm-hmm. your creativity and your interest in other people. And that's fan- I think that's fantastic. And you Thank couldn't you. have done it, you know, 10 years ago even. It wasn't an option. And now it's as, you know, it's as simple as turning your computer on and starting to talk. Exactly. Uh, it, it takes time to ramp up and find your audience. But if you're putting out, I think, if you're putting out quality entertainment, this is kind of the, the rule that we're following with Bafo. We didn't publicize it at all at first because we had to work out a lot of kinks uh, to make the model look good live. You know, we don't want it to freeze up and all that stuff. So yeah. we've, we've fine-tuned it. So now it's as if a real person is on camera. And then you just start doing it and people find you. And then someone finds you and tells their friend. And I, I've seen it organically grow. Uh, a month ago, I had 25,000 followers on my Twitter and I wasn't really doing much with it. Now, what do I have? Uh, 67.5,000. Wow. In, in a month, just because we've been doing a lot of Bafo stuff and people love uh and see look look can't even see it can't even see it it's out of focus wow. yeah yep, so true. and that's all new and that's because uh myself and the people that are working on it with me it's it's a communication with this fan base that again has never been possible before so we can try something on bafo and if it if it sucks you know and if it's good you know mm-hmm. and then you try and you know merge your particular taste with the taste of the audience and bring them together. And I think um, it's, it's a, it's like the wild west as far as content creation goes and, and people such as yourself, Nick are uh, on the leading edge of what's possible and what's doable and what's interesting. Um, you know, when I was 10, there were three television stations in Chicago and public TV. That was it. So, at Saturday night at eight o'clock, you had three choices of things to watch on TV because you're not going to watch PBS on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were forced to watch that. So each show split 70 million people. So a hit show back in the 70s was, you know, 12 million, 15 million people. That's not the way it is anymore. 
No. It's just not. And it, it'll never go back to that. So it's more, it's it's not about broadcasting anymore. It's about narrow casting and finding your audience. I think Rick and Morty is the funniest show on television, period, full stop. A lot of people have never heard of it. A lot of people don't get it or don't like it. But for the people that watch it and like it, it's I think it's brilliantly amazing. And I don't think that that show would have been on the air 10 years ago. It's too weird. Mm-hmm. 15, 30 million people a week are not going to watch Rick and Morty because it's too weird and too scary. Conceptually, I think. Exactly. But like we were talking about with the Comic-Con audience, animation fans are not fair weather fans. They are passionate, deeply involved, deeply. It's like the show becomes part of their DNA. Mm-hmm. And uh, on one hand, that baffles me. On the other hand, I couldn't, I literally couldn't talk to Chuck Jones. I was terrified to walk up to him at an event where he was talking to people on purpose and mm-hmm. say, you know, you're yeah. the man. So I get it. it it's, it's just, um, it's a powerful, especially animation is a very powerful medium because anything you can think of can be produced for the same amount of money as two people sitting in a store talking, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can fly to the end of the universe and do a scene there for the same amount of production money that it costs to play that scene in a diner in New Jersey. And that's not the way it is in, in live action, right? If you want to go to the moon, you got to pay for the VFX and all that crap. So it's it's a very wide open, unrestricted, creative space. And just go on the internet and look and see what so-called amateurs are putting out. It's some of it, some of it's horrible, uh, but a huge chunk of it is really clever and brilliant and avant-garde and weird and uh, cleverly derivative. It's, it's uh, as I'm, <coughs> excuse me, as I'm learning and watching about it, it's, it's um, one of the few things in life that's uplifting at the moment to see all that creativity and, and just naked ambition and create creativity right that's the one thing you can't buy hollywood has not figured out how to create creativity they've figured out everything else but a brilliant idea still has to pop into somebody's head and then that somebody has to do something with it and Mm -hmm. you know hopefully that will never change and that's what it's like with with creativity you're absolutely right like i always say i always think to myself there's a saying out there that whenever you with creativity, whenever there's you think you have an idea, but you're not sure about it, or you think it's ridiculous, just remember someone one day in a in a meeting said, "You know what would be a cool movie? A movie about a shark, or a movie about tornadoes with sharks in it." You know, like right. just, And look where it went. You know, right. I was That's talking this morning. Uh, uh, Al Ruddy was the uh, the guy who produced The Godfather. He also produced an old TV series called Hogan's Heroes. Mm-hmm. I remember which that. Was a comedy about yeah. a prisoner of war camp in World War II. Yes. And I, I got to hang out with Al one day and I'm like, how did you sell? So this is 1965, mm-hmm. 20 years after World War II. So more recent than the 9-11 tragedy here in America. So it, it was that fresh at the time. Mm-hmm. He walked into a room filled with, and these are his words, filled with predominantly Jewish television executives and said, we're going to do a show about Nazis. And he says, the room went totally quiet. 
And they were like, what? Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, it's a prison camp. The Americans are the heroes and the Nazis are effing idiots. And the people in the room were like, yes, what a great idea. Yes, they're morons. So the whole arc of Hogan's Heroes was making the Nazis look bad in funny ways. And no one had thought of that at that point. There had been a million movies about World War II, you know, The Great Escape. There were drama, drama, drama. Nazis horrible. And yes, they're horrible, horrible. But what's more horrible than making fun of somebody because of their stupid BS? And that was his brilliant, creative idea. Yeah, it's going to be about Nazis and they're going to be idiots. Damn. So I, I think, think I, one, yeah. yeah, you just have to, and I'm a firm believer in um, like uh, the, the creative spark doesn't come from me. The idea doesn't come from me. I'll get an idea and then taking that idea and turning it into a script or into a show, that's skill and that's talent and that's work right but the just sitting around coming up with the raw ideas i don't i you know i don't know where they come from yeah i I think you kind of pick them out of the zeitgeist or you you know i i don't i I, what do you where do you think they come from i'm a personal religious believer i do believe you know ideas come from above or i believe you know i'm just i always say like i'm just the messenger you know I'm just that guy. I'm a channel. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just, I just get told, okay, you're going to do a show. Like, that's exactly how BuddyCast was created. Like, I, it was created during the pandemic when everything was just going to pots, basically. Like, everyone was, you know, you go down, you walk down the street and say hi to someone and they greet you back with a gesture, you know, things like that. Like, just more intensified. I'm like, this world just needs a feel good story. And I thought about that. Like, why not talk to people like, at the time, I was just thinking, like, the local street vendor, why do you still sell hot dogs on the street when, you know, with the stuff going on? Why do you, you know, the local comedian who hasn't had a show in about, you know, in back then, like, six months, what keeps you driving to think you're going back on stage one day? And then it just grew from there. It grew, it grew, and grew. And before I know it, I was getting people like you. I was getting people like uh, the comedian Sinbad. I was getting, like, Stephen Tobolowski from Groundhog Day. Oh, he's funny. Oh, he's hysterical. And he had great stories behind him, too. Like, he told all the stories about, like, behind the scenes of Groundhog Day or. And uh, Californication. He was great on that series. Yes. Yes. And it, it's, it's been more than just actors, too. It's been like John Mahon from the Ellen John Band, who they're doing their final stretch of the tour, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just been things like that. Like, if I always tell I always tell people, go back in just five years ago when I, you know. I go back when I was just graduating college looking for your, that job to start out and tell me one day you're going to run this show. One day, here's going to be your list of guests. I would have looked at you and looked at the guy next to you and went, I'll have what he's having, you know? Right. So, well, but let's not, let's not discount the hard work no, no, that no, no, gets no. behind it. You know, yeah. not only do you have to make the show, you've got to post it then you've got to promote it so that people see it. It's, it's it's a it's a full time job, but yes. you know people have said if you love your job, you never work a day in your life, and that's how I feel about um, comedy. You know, show yes. business is not a flat line career; you're, it's very very mm-hmm. fluid and rocky. But uh, you know, I, I, the way I look at it is, 
you're paying me for all the failures, mm-hmm. the jobs I do and the shows I do. That's fun. I'll exactly. do, I, I would do that for free any day of the week. You're, you're paying for the, the 90% of the auditions that I do that I don't book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for the insecurity that comes along with this particular lifestyle, but it also, you know, if I want to go somewhere Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I can go. Yes. So as long as I think, as long as like what you're doing is you pursue your passion and you, you, you're doing it well. I think that's how you know it's your passion. If it's something that you really want to do and you're good at it, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Exactly. I, there are a million. I have one doctor who's a uh, one brother who's a doctor, the other brother who's a lawyer. I couldn't do those jobs. No yeah, way. Exactly. Right. There's a saying in my. Uh, I've been watching. Uh, have you ever been watching that new um, Karate Kid series, Cobra Kai? Uh, my wife watches it. I have not seen it. You got. I still it. haven't seen the original. I haven't seen the Karate Kid even. Wow. I know. Wow. I got to see that. Well, I will say it's definitely a comedy, so I definitely recommend it, you know. But uh-huh. there's a saying in the movie that just summarized everything that you said, you know. Man who works for passion is much richer than man who works for money, you know. You can be a doctor and be, you know, making millions of dollars or something like that, but wake up every morning just hating everything. Like, just, I don't want to go to work today. But yet you could be a teacher who's scraping the bottom or living paycheck to paycheck and wake up every morning going, I get to go to work today. See you later. You know? Right. Yeah. You know what? The, the, the cruel truth is we all live for a while and then we die. Mm -hmm. And I think the goal is to spend as much of your lifetime as possible doing things that make you feel good and don't hurt other people. Right. And if you can do that, that's a win. Exactly. And that is the perfect advice to end on. So Thank you so much, buddy, for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. Before we end this episode, I have one favor to ask you, and I ask this. What is it? First off, you're not a guest. You're a buddy. You're an official buddy here on BuddyCast. And on that note, please, whatever you do today, go be someone's buddy. I love it, Nick. I'm happy to be your buddy. Thanks for having me on. This has been uh, really fun. I wish you continued success uh following your dream and i hope we get to meet in the real world someday yes yes stick around for a minute we'll chat afterwards but for all my buddies out there this is my buddy mark DiCarlo. please check out baffle the bear on youtube go watch an episode of jimmy neutron and again whatever you do today please go be someone's buddy we'll catch you all next time here on everybody's favorite show buddy cast when the days are going fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past Buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cats now Don't feel like it could make it, buddy Here on Buddy Cats Hey, buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.